Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ladies Power Lunch. Thank you so much for joining. Today, we continue our conversations about mastering our money mindset. If that sounds interesting to you, then I would invite you to tune into the entire series because every single person that we have lined up for this week of just making over our money mindset for me, say that five times fast, Today, we have Heather, and she is going to be walking us through basically how to shift our money mindset, and I am looking forward to this with great anticipation today. So Heather, thank you for saying yes. Can you share with everybody who you are, what you do in the world, the wonderful things you're doing, and where you're calling in from? Sure. So my name is Heather Esposito. I am calling in from Charlotte, North Carolina, but I'm originally from Jersey. So I love all the Northeasterners who are, who are in the present here. So I am a holistic business and mindset coach. I help entrepreneurs connect their subconscious and conscious minds to heal and thrive so that they can make more money and impact the world. So I combine energy healing with conscious level work to be able to help women have a healthy relationship with money. And we end up going into so many other areas besides money because money, you know, impacts every area and every impact, every area impacts our relationship with money. And so I, um, Celeste had told me about this and I was like, yes, I would definitely love to be here and to come on. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Welcome, welcome. And thank you, Celeste, for connecting us because that was actually how we ended up having you, Heather, as a speaker. So tell us a little bit about when when you think about your clients, the people who come in to see you, why are they looking for information about money mindset? How is how is that helpful for them at all? So my clients that come to me typically are in a place of like what I would call bleeding neck issue, you know, where there is something really intense that they're like, I really need to fix this. Like I wake up every morning and I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my bills or I am constantly depending on someone else to be able to take care of me. And I want to be able to stand on my own. And, and most, well, every woman that I work with is like, I want, I don't have a good relationship with money and underlying for everybody is the deserving. Do I, I don't feel like I deserve money. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to have a successful business. And so that's what my clients come to me for is being able to heal that. And they're the ones who have taken the courses, who read the books and they're like, "Mm, something is still not right. Like I've done all the mantras and the incantations and I still like feel like something's blocking me. And so that's why they, they'll come to me because they know that it's something deeper than just, you know, taking a, a you know, a, a financial course. They know it's so much deeper that goes back beyond them into their parents' stories and generations. And so that's, that's typically what I hear from my clients. What's the number one thing that you wish everybody knew when it comes to money mindset? If you could just 
hold us and hug us and just teach us this one thing that you think would really help us with our money mindset? What would that be? That's a great question. I would say that um, I'm going to steal a quote from my coach and I heard her say just recently, um, she said that I am the cause money is the effect. And I really love that because I think what I wish that everyone would know is that they're not, um, there's nothing wrong with them when it comes to money, right? But it's like, once we can get connected back to ourselves, get into our bodies, connect to our, connect our brain, our heart and our, our gut, and really get aligned with ourselves, money comes easy. It's, it's, when we can be fully aligned and release all the subconscious stuff that we can really get like, Oh my gosh, I am the cause and money just happens. That, that would be the biggest thing that I, that I would want them to be able to know. Well, Heather, you know, the next question I'm going to ask, right? How on earth do we get aligned? What do we do? Give us some practical advice. Give us some, give us some information. How, how are we going to do this? Wow. Yes. Yeah. So I love that question. You knew that question was coming, right? Because <laughs> uh, it comes all the time. Is that that's what everybody says, right? It's like, how do I do that? And and when I work with my clients, the very first session I have with every single one of them is we talk about how you know we have the eighty twenty principle, which is most people like think of it. And there's lots of different versions of the eighty twenty principle. But for me, when I work with clients, it's the 20% is how we do stuff. 20% is the mechanics of how we do it. The 80% is who we're being. And so then the question is, well, how do I be somebody who welcomes in money? And that, then that's where, okay, we're going to go to the how part is we have to get clear about, you know, Carl Jung said, until we make the subconscious conscious, it will continue to direct our lives and we'll call it fate. And so the how part is working on releasing that they trapped emotions and trauma that are keeping people stuck in this cycle that they just keep doing over and over. And they're like, I don't understand why I can't, you know, pass this ceiling, like like this, you know, money ceiling, or I don't understand why I can't, like every time money comes to me, I just get rid of it. And so it's really working on the who you are. Like, do you believe that you can have this? Most people are like, no, can't. And that's where for me, using the energy work to identify and release this, this subconscious emotions, traumas, stories, beliefs, so that then they can have the space to be like, Oh wait, I totally deserve this. I have a client who is a male and he owns a business and his business was struggling when we first started working together. And we didn't talk about money very much. Like the money, like our first like two months, we really didn't talk about money at all. It was all about his identity and him believing that he can have a successful, thriving um, company. And about four months into it, he was like, Heather, he's like, we stopped all of our Facebook ads. He's like, and our revenue is up 150%. He's like, I'm showing up completely different. And that is just shifting the energy of the company and people are so much more attracted to it. So the how is always about the who and who we're being. And that comes to getting rid of all the trapped emotions and trauma that are just keeping us cycling into that like energetic vibration that keeps us stuck. Tell us some more, Heather. Tell us some more stories about cycling through 
the energetic vibrations that get us stuck. Because I think that if we are able to hear some more stories and understand it better, then maybe we can also apply it in our own lives. Yeah. So let me think. I just have to like file through. Sure. Um, I mean, there are, I, I know you have a lot of a lot of clients and you have to think about which ones are going to be the best stories to share with us. But definitely one of my mentors likes to say that, you know, words, they're great, but it's the stories that really help us to learn. And it's the stories that teach. So I'm really, really interested in hearing more about how people actually physically went through this transition and came out on the other side, started out in this not great mindset place with their money, went through work with you, and then came out on the other side, really, really improved. Yeah. So I have a client that is a therapist. And so she has a lot of tools, right, already. Mm-hmm. And working for a um, another therapist in a practice. And when she first came to me, she's like, I just... Um, excuse me she's like I just don't want to feel like shit that's it (laughs) like she's like I'm so tired of struggling I'm so tired of like working paycheck to paycheck and this guy half the time doesn't even pay me on time and I'm just and she has a lot of things going on her mom's health she's taking care of her mom's health and so and you know this year with the pandemic just a lot of pressure that she had on herself and that was her main thing it wasn't even like money she's like I just don't want to feel like shit (laughs) and we started working on her, like her belief about, like I mentioned who she was. And there were so many, so many beliefs for her of, I'm, I'm, I can never have my own successful private practice. If I do have my own private practice, then I am going to be working 24 seven and I'm not going to have time to care for my mom, nor am I going to have time to have a social life relationships, all that kind of stuff. And we literally like, does I even at one point, cause she's like, maybe I should just quit, but knowing the situation with being a caretaker for her mom and, you know, for everyone who's run their own business knows that, you know, people talk about having their own business for freedom. <laughs> it's never freedom of time. <laughs> like in your own business is never freedom of time. It could be freedom from having to answer to somebody else, but you end up spending more time when you have your own business. And so I, at one point, knowing that her primary um, focus was her mom, I was like, let's just not like even look into that right now. Like you're, you really want to be focused on, you keep telling me you want to be focused on your mom. Like, let's just like focus on that and these other things that we were working on. And what we did was, and this is what I do with all the clients that I work with is I go in and energetically shift a lot of different things. We work on what's called a heart wall. And a heart wall is basically a wall of emotions around your heart that stops people from one connected to themselves from feeling connected to other people it also prevents them from feeling like success is even possible for them and so we worked on our heart wall and then we worked on clearing out what's called your human assemblage point and this is the epicenter of your energy and we wanted to get that at a like vibrating energetically at a high level and then i worked on clearing out all of her chakras or her energy centers and then i worked out what worked through what's stopping her body and brain and um her heart and brain messages from reaching her body tissues and organs intact, you know, so that everything could be speaking to itself. So we weren't specifically working on money. It was just getting her energy to a higher level because she was 
like, you know, in that feeling like crap mode, you know, and she just felt there. And one day she, you know, we get on the phone and she was just like, I'm going to resign. And I'm, I, I, and she started telling me all these things that she already started doing to start her own practice. It just naturally unfolded because she was becoming someone who was grounded in herself. You know, she was connected back with herself. She had boundaries within her, with like, with her boss that she didn't have before. And she was, and she wasn't in a swirl about starting her own practice. It was like, okay, it's going to be work, but I'm going to do this and this and this. And she also wanted to start charging higher than she had before, but she was like, well, I'm, and she originally, she had had her own practice years ago. So she had all this trauma from that and that led into her, her like, I can't do this. And so she wanted to charge more than she had charged before, but there were all those voices, right? Of I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. What are like, it's, you know, other people are charging less than that around here. So I need to charge, you know, what they're charging. And so then, then was when we really dove into her money story specifically is all the other stuff was just her energy, like as a baseline. And so I like to talk about it as if you imagine a house, like if I just went in and just start working on her office and the rest of the house was a mess, it wouldn't do any good just cleaning out the office, you know? So we go in and clean out the whole entire house and then we're putting the focus on the office, so to speak. And so we started focusing on her on her worth and her value and her money story and believing that she could charge more. And she's, she, she resigned the seventh. I'm just looking at the calendar. She resigned on the seventh. And so she's been having conversations with clients, you know, that I'm starting my own practice. And she's like, Heather, every single person I've talked to, when I told them the new investment, they were like, okay. She's like, except for one person who was friends with the owner of the practice that she was at. And she's like, but you know, he just wants to stay loyal to his friend. But she's like, no one had a problem. And she, and she's like, and I had no problem saying it. That's the stuff I love. <laughs> I love hearing that stuff, but we have to first not even address necessarily like that. The money problem is really like getting her to believe that she's worth you know, that she's worth what she's going to charge, that she's able to actually be successful in a practice. Um, so that's one of my most recent fun ones. Um, I have another client who is an artist and she was told her entire life by her dad, you know, who grew up like, you know, blue collar family. And her dad told her like, you're never going to be able to make money doing art. And so she was constantly squelched. And then she married a man who was, who was, He's just a narcissist. I'll just like, he's very nice. Like, that's the nicest thing I can say about it. It's very narcissistic. And he's in the tech world. And he, so for him, like, he's very cerebral. And so again, he just consistently told her, like, you cannot make money doing art. Mm-hmm. And so she just started shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. But that passion was always there inside of her. And she ended up having a, pretty traumatic experience a few years ago where her twin sister's um, two-year-old son drowned. And that really caused her to have to go dig deeper into herself. And she came up with this process that she, that helped her to deal with her grief. And she was like, wow, there's something to this. And we were working through the grief part 
And we were working through also her identity of being an artist. Mm -hmm. And as this, this trauma, you know, was, had unfolded and she was working through the grief of the trauma, you know, it started to uncover all of these stories that she had, was not able to to prior to that admit to herself that she was, you know, telling herself that she wasn't worth it, that she couldn't live her passion. She couldn't live her joy. And we, we were able to really go deep and clear out that trauma. And now she's in the process of, she's expanded that, that, the process that she's created and she's tapped into her psychic abilities and her intuition. And she's been working with people doing things. And she's always like, Heather, I don't even know totally what I did, but afterwards they're telling me about all the shifts and changes that they, that they did. And she's stepping into owning this identity of being able to like help people be able to get clear about their intuition, be clear about what it is that they desire and use her art in the process of it. And she'll talk about, she's like, well, yeah, like she charged, she had done a a workshop for someone and she was like, she was so fun, like hearing her talk about how much she charged. And for her, knowing her, you know, a few years ago and knowing her now, she just said it with such confidence. Like, well, yeah, of course I deserve it. Like, it's not just my time, but it's all of the years that I spent learning these things. And she just spoke with such confidence of, this is how much it is. And she didn't waver. That, ugh, it, like that, those kind of things light me up. Beautiful. I, I love both those stories. And I don't know about everybody else who's following along with us today, but what is becoming very clear to me is that perhaps one of the reasons why people struggle so much with, you know, money in their business and pricing of their products and that sort of thing might have absolutely nothing to do with the money and that perhaps we might not achieve the success that we're looking for if we don't spend the time doing the inner work. That's pretty interesting. And you mentioned also heart walls. Is the, can you say some more about that? Hmm. Yeah. So I, if I, I'm going to tell it in a story. Okay. I, uh, years ago when um, the book, The Secret came out okay, and everybody was talking about energy, I, I'm very cerebral myself. I tend to be in my head more. And I get that lady. I totally do. I mean, if you can't show me the randomized double blended placebo controlled study, it's a little difficult for me to embrace it. Right. Yeah. I feel the same way. And so when people were like, Oh, everything is energy. I was like, come on. Like I have a, um, a metal nail file right here. And I'm like, it's metal. There's nothing moving in this. There's no energy moving in it. Like my brain just could not wrap my head around it. And so flash forward to 2015, I was working as a coach for Tony Robbins. I have a background as I'd worked as a therapist. I have a master's in counseling. I'd worked as a therapist and I was disillusioned with that because therapy, it was like, I'm like, okay, I'm having my clients, like they're telling their story. They're telling their story. Okay. Now what? Like you can be like, you, we have to go beyond telling the story. So therapy mm-hmm. left me kind of jaded of like not having the skills to help move people forward. I became a holistic health coach 
a natural food chef and saw how much that like changing food and diet changed people. And then I started working as a coach for Tony Robbins. And in that world, um, for anyone who's not familiar, it's very, just change your state. You know, you just think differently. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> cause if it were that easy, we would live an entire different world and if it were that easy Heather everybody would have done it by now exactly so I was frustrated then so I'm like okay I had this therapy piece and I'm feeling frustrated by it because it's not helping and the coaching piece you know is is not totally helping not to say that they don't help people they do they're definitely great things about them but there was still for me something missing and so it's 2015 and I had a friend who was getting certified in a form of energy work called the body code and she calls me up and she's like, Heather, she's like, I'm doing this energy work. Can I, I need people to work on. Can I work on you on your heart wall? And I was like, my what? And she's like, you know, it's this where, where you have trapped emotions that get stuck around your heart that keep you, as I mentioned, like from, from connecting to yourself, from feeling like you can be successful. And I was, I'm thinking that sounds ridiculous. And I was also struggling big at that time. And again, I'm working for Tony Robbins as a coach. And I had all these people who were also Tony Robbins coaches who were like, I could coach you. And then we get on the phone and they're like, well, just stand how you'd stand if you were that person. And I'm like, come on, like, really? Like, I'm like, I know these tricks. I like, we were in the same training class and they're like, well, you're just not coachable. Okay. Like, like, you know, that's like saying like, you know, like to a screw, like if you're a hammer being like, well, you, you just can't be fixed. And it's like, no, you need a screwdriver for a screw, not a hammer. Like, you know, you need different tools. It's not one size fits all. I agree with you so, so deeply, Heather. Yeah. So she had said, she was like, I, all I need to do is, is have you give me, is for you to give me permission to do work on your heart wall. You don't have to do anything. I will do everything remotely. You don't have to do a thing. So I wanted to be nice to her because she was a friend and I was like, sure, go ahead, whatever. Like with no expectation that anything would shift. And I remember it was about two weeks later, I was laying in bed and I, I remember laying there and I was like, I don't feel that heaviness on my chest anymore that I did. I was like, maybe there's something to this. I don't like being wrong. <laughs> but I was like, there's something like this was different than like any coaching thing I had done. And so I started looking into it and I started, I was like, well, let me just experiment and see like with my clients, what happens. And so I started asking my clients, so I started like looked into this and I was like, well, I'll just get certified in it. Like, you know, it's no big deal. And I was learning it more. And still there's always that part of my, in my mind, that's like, mm, I don't know about this stuff. And, but there's another part that was like, okay, if it made that shift for me, maybe it could shift for other people. And so uh, my clients, I would just be like, Hey, okay. I know you've been struggling with this and we've done all these things. It hasn't worked. How about let's try this. And they were, you know, many of them were like, okay. And I started seeing like they were then able to like start doing the thing that they wanted to do, being the person that they wanted to be. And I was like, well, I guess there's something to this. And I, I since then quit working for Tony Robbins because I, I realized that the marriage of combining the, those tools of therapy, because sometimes we do need our story to be witnessed. We do need somebody to just sit there and, and be with us when we cry. And to let that out. Right? And 
you know, coaching can be great because sometimes we need somebody to say, stop, I'm not going to let you tell that story again. Because sometimes we're, our identity was within that story and we need somebody to say, no, like that is not who you are. And so there's great benefits to both of those tools. And you know, for somebody to just say, okay, yeah, I'm going to stop believing that and move forward. <laughs> can, it's like, it's not that easy. And so the energy work, I feel like bridges the gap to be able to release that, that, you know, cycle that vibration that they're in so that they can have the space to move forward. And the heart wall is something that I work with, with every single person I work with That's the first thing that we'll do energetically because it just opens up space so that they can say, Oh, wait a minute. Like I, I do feel connected to myself. It is safe to connect to myself. Mm. This is possible. And I, always do with everybody that I work with a, a before and after assessment, because what I, what I noticed before I didn't do that is after we'd finished doing the work and it usually takes a couple of weeks to do the work, we'd get on the phone and they'd be like, yeah, nothing's really different. Although from our first initial conversation, I'd have notes and I'm like, well, what about this? And they're like, oh yeah, that's not a thing anymore. Oh yeah. That thing's not a thing anymore. And I'm like, so nothing's really different. And they're like, oh, I guess it is because we forget, right? When we're the ones like shifting and changing, we forget who we were because we're just like, oh, well, this is just who I am now. So I always do assessments and have them rate where things are. And it's always fascinating because when we go back through the assessment, like afterwards, and I'll read them the numbers of where they were before and after, they're like, I didn't realize that they were, the numbers were that high before. Yeah. <laughs> because they forget. But it's this beautiful experience of just releasing these emotions that have, have kept you in this place of like, ugh, so that you have space to actually step into who you want to be. I, I'm obsessed with like heart wall clearings. It's one of my favorite things to do with people. But I am also obsessed with heart wall clearing. So maybe that's the reason why I alighted on that with such great speed. Love, love, love that you have aligned therapy with coaching and bridge that gap with the energy work that feels beautiful to me and it feels very very aligned so I wanted to just bring everybody in to um, have you all basically just say what are your biggest takeaways at this point and any questions that you might have for Heather so that we can spend the next 20 minutes or so really working through any specific issues that we might be having. Marianne, you want to get started with that? Because I noticed you over there taking only a novel full of notes. Saw you. (laughs) Guilty. I already have an entire tablet of legal paper here, Paul. Hmm. Um, I love this. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. This is so yummy. Um, because, you know, I have, I, I, I like that you were just recently said you were talking about, you know, all the stories, the beliefs that we have, you know, those kind of things. Well, I come from a religious trauma background, so I have lots of those shitty beliefs and, um, very, very, you know, but just realizing that those stories, that's where I've gotten my identity from, you know? And that's not really me. I know who my spirit is. I know who my inner being is. Um, And uh, so that thing for me is the biggest takeaway of, of understanding, you know, that there's, I don't, I am not those stories. You know, 
I um and I need to install those other, you know, the ones that I do know is me, that I am abundant, that I am abundance in the flesh. So um I love that part and I really appreciate you, Heather. Mm, oh, thank you. May I add something to to what you just said? So I you know, in growing up, it's like in not growing up, but like it, my development in the world of personal development was, you know, they're like, well, just say the thing. And I'm, I was always like, dude, I'm saying it. And my subconscious is like throwing down the BS card. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I eventually learned about transition words. And uh, I created for my clients what I call conscious blabbing right? Cause we're always blabbing. Like we're saying our story. I can't do it. I'm not enough. I, you know, it's not going to happen for me. Right. But we're unconsciously blabbing. And so conscious blabbing is being intentional about saying our words and conscious blabbing uses, I take the word blab and it's just for those four letters is, and these are transition words. And so the first one is beginning. So I'm beginning to allow abundance to come into my world. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I'm beginning to become abundant. The second one is learning. I'm learning to let abundance in. The third one is allowing. I'm allowing abundance into my world. And the last B is becoming. I'm becoming someone who is abundant. I'm glad you said this because this is what I've actually been practicing is you know, I know I can't say all the time that, you know, cause I'm not feeling it, but I can say, but I want that. I want to be the person or, you know, so these are, these are perfect. I use some of these words already. So this is a nice confirmation. Yeah. 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 And for anyone listening, you know, use them because when, when we don't feel aligned, right, we say something mm-hmm. and our subconscious is like, Oh, nope. It's going to do everything it can to keep us to, to make us safe because it thinks that we're not safe if we're moving into that new identity. And so using these words, like the subconscious is like, oh, okay, I can begin to do that. Right. Right? Or whatever of the words feed, feels best for you. And there's other words. I mean, you could, there's other words that you can pick. You don't have to be the, you know, those four. But to get to be a place, because when we, when we like, and even I'm going to speak on the I want thing, right? It's like when we say I want, then that signifies that there's lack. Right. And so then when we talk about it in the present tense, then it's then then our subconscious is like, OK, yeah, I can go for that instead of, I, you know, I want and therefore I'm saying I'm not and I'm just going to keep getting more of what I don't have. Right? So making that using those transition words and whichever ones feel best for you will help your subconscious to feel your, your subconscious, your subconscious to feel more aligned. Right? And then that's going to just keep getting you closer and closer. It's just like, okay, this is safe. I can do this. Yeah. And so then you get to the point where you're like, I am abundant. I'm not learning it. I am. I just am. But we have to like be okay with the transition. Like we, we want to go from here to here and forget about like everything in between. Yeah. And so just let it be gentle with ourselves and go on that journey. You know, we'll get there way faster than if we try to force it. When you said that about safe, it was like, bing, bing, bing. I've never felt safe. That's the whole thing. I told my husband the other day when we came out of the retreat, um, I just realized I have never, ever felt safe financially, ever in my entire life. I'm 62. Mm -hmm. I have never. And then that's, 
it's shown up that I don't feel safe. Yeah. 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 And that would be, I mean, there would be some, I say fun. I use that loosely, like, you know, fun things to explore. And that's where for me, when I'm working with clients, like we'll look at specific instances, they'll be like, oh, when this, this experience, this experience, they'll send me just a list of experiences of like, these are all things that cause me to not feel safe. Like this is the evidence of why I don't feel safe. Let's work on it. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't have to rehash the story and tell it over again. I don't, you know, you don't have to stand there and just say, yeah, I'm safe. It's like, let's get that energetic charge out because your body's so used to not feeling safe that we have to create a place for it to feel like it's going to be safe, you know, to have financial safety. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That, that, that was such a really wonderful heartfelt share. Um, thank you so much, Marianne, for opening up like that. I really appreciate it. Mina, any big takeaways that you've had so far? Any comments, questions, or concerns that you'd love for Heather to address with us? Guys, you have the expert here. I mean, I don't know how much how much more we could do. We brought you the amazing expert. So go ahead, ask them all the questions you want. Um, one of the things I have actually never heard of the wall, the heart walls. So that was great to hear about that. One, one thing that resonated with me in my, my own coaching when I coach clients and when I worked with a coach, a life coach, that's how I got into coaching is um, I liked how you use the beginning to um, I'm learning, I'm allowing. And I also took notes, the teacher, because I'm a teacher during the day. So the teacher in me. Takes all the notes. But one thing that resonated with me is I tell clients to do, if they can't say I am this, um, like I am abundant, I tell them to say I can have abundance. So bridging, and I call that a bridging affirmation. Mm-hmm. So it's like bridging the gap between, um, like the bridge is essentially helping you mm-hmm. to get where you want to be. So this is just breaking it down even further. So I really like that. Yeah. You broke it down into steps. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, whatever word works for somebody, like, I'm like, if there's other words, you know, use them, but I, you know, I can, that's, that's another great word to do too. So your clients are lucky to have you. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Shana Lee, do you have any Anything that you would like to comment about? Um, yeah, I am. Um, all of the words that you said, I'm really thankful to hear them again. They're very nourishing and very reaffirming. Um, as an artist, all of those things are brought up. I, I struggle with as well um, with clients and, you know, but the, the struggle really is with I guess the pre-programming that we all grow up with and the, the search for better mindset and, and healthier thoughts. So I'm very thankful for what you said. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like, like with your business, it sounds like you've been able to work through a lot of those. In like, progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all are. Awesome. Um, I'm going to invite, let's see, I'm going to invite Celeste, Celeste, I'm trying to cycle through to see 
who is who's next? Uh, Celeste, I'm going to invite you to unmute and to share any big ahas or anything that you think we should really focus in on as we go forward. I just really appreciate this conversation, Heather. I, you know, I appreciate you so much. And I love how you brought up something that I didn't bring up yesterday, which was these like bridging words, right? Like these bridging affirmations, because like we have to really feel like we are something. And so I loved how you brought in like the subconscious and and I think everyone's mentioned it now, but the blab, the blabbing words. And it is, it's so powerful to have that, um, you know, that, that bridge for lack of a better term, that segue into becoming okay. Like I am becoming what I desire to become. I am, you know, I'm, it's, it's like weeding, right? Like we're weeding out the garden and we're weeding out. Um, sorry, I'm like, I'm all flustered now, but, <laughs> and I loved uh, the heart wall. I know that I've talked to you about that too. And I'm very fascinated about that work and how you're bridging the, the therapy plus the coaching plus the money mindset is just brilliant because it's just so helpful. And it's all so powerful for the people that you're serving. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Awesome. That is, that is so cool. So um, I, I also noticed that we had Judy joining us a little while ago. So I was wondering, Judy, if you just wanted to take a minute and if you're unavailable, that's fine. But if you wanted to just take a minute to very quickly introduce yourself and your business and to mention why you decided to join us on the call today. Judy? No, Judy doesn't seem to be available. Okay, back to you, Heather. So my um, my next, oh, there you are, Judy. I was- I'm I was sorry, just... yeah, I could, you went out for a second. Can you repeat your question? Oh, so I just was in, um, inviting you to introduce yourself and your business and to say why you decided to hop on the call with us today. So Judy Casperson, I'm a vice president and small business manager at KeyBank, and I specialize also in business and community banking. And the reason that I jump on the call is because when you're talking about mindset, it is everything. And I think that what we do is we try to partner with small businesses to help them get a clear mindset for how they're going to work throughout their financial life for their businesses and for themselves. So that's what's important to me about these things, but it's also something that I practice for myself. And I I just want a big disclaimer here. Judy is my banker and it's kind of nice to have a banker who appreciates all the energetic stuff as well, you know, and gets the woo woo pieces of the (laughs) puzzle as well. So thanks Judy for hopping on today. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Heather, it is it is very clear that all the things that you shared with us so far are mind blowing and really are going to be life changing for us. What are some of the things that you see us doing that you sit back and you're like, guys, you got to stop. What are some of the don'ts when it comes to this whole idea of money mindset? I, you know, I think so a couple of people brought it up. It's just, you know, 
is not questioning the stories and the things that we tell ourselves. Like we just don't do it. We just take them as gospel. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this thought just told me that I can't do it. So I guess I can't. What? <laughs> like, come on. Like, why, why wouldn't we, you know, question it? And I know that personality wise, some people are just created to like be questioners myself, but like, then there's some people who just don't, you know, but we really like, if we could just question everything that we hear in our head, <laughs> like it would change so much for us. That would be the biggest one, a bigger one, the biggest one I would say. And the, the next one I would say is, is understanding your sacred money archetype, like understanding like how you, how your relationship is or who your relationship is to money, like who, what your, what your strengths are, what your shadow sides are and how to use them for you. Because oftentimes we tend to want to try to plug into what somebody else says or how somebody else says that we should be with money. And it doesn't fit our type, our temperament, like how we, you know, connect with money. And so understanding that and who we are when it comes to our relationship with money is huge. And it can set us free from so much, like, like so much shame and guilt and, like just feeling like we're not smart enough and we can understand like who we are, what our archetype is, and then live in that, live in alignment with that identity instead of, you know, fighting it. Can you tell us a little bit more about the money archetypes? Did everybody get a chance to do the quiz? No? Okay, so what I'll do is I will post the link to the quiz in the show note and also in our Facebook group. Um, Heather was kind enough to do it for us earlier, but I know not everybody had a chance to hop onto Facebook and see it. So I'll be sure to post it again. But Heather, would you share with us what's this whole money archetype all about? So the archetypes are, you know, the word archetype, it means a model or a theme, right? And archetypes are something that people around the world immediately recognize, right? No matter what culture, you know, somebody can say a king and we all understand what that is or a clown or a jester, right? Or a, or a warrior, right? Or a lover, right? And so archetypes are things that everybody can relate to. And so when we think about archetypes, we think about this pattern of power within you that creates a simple set of beliefs and motivations and fears and courage. And they give you direction in making choices to help you live a life um, that you love and to step forward in your relationship with money. And so the sacred money archetypes, this is something that was developed by Kendall Summerhawk. And there's eight different archetypes. And just for the sake of time, I'll go through them because I can spend a couple minutes on each of them. And then, sure. you know, all that time. But um, they, the first, well, and there's, these are not in any particular order. I mean, like there's no hierarchy of the archetypes, right? But we have the ruler and the ruler is an inner empire builder and they are all about illuminating the desire to achieve, right? These are people who you look at their their coaching practices and if we're talking just coaching, like they're the ones who have, you know, big programs. They, they are ones that they are really well known, right? Because they're all about, like I said, but just this creating an, an empire. Um, they have this inner fire and drive to create things that make them unstoppable. They're a passionate force for making big impact for others and significant income. 
And for a ruler, money is often their measurement of achievement and success. Right? They love to um, they love to strive and they challenge themselves to push themselves beyond their own limits. Um, they are they can be conservative when it comes to spending money. Um, but there's a part of them that while not necessarily motivated to be as showy as a celebrity, which we'll talk about in a second, um, they will spend money on things that show their status. And the ruler's challenge is to create harmony in their life instead of letting their business or career dominate all of their time and attention. Because a ruler loves building their business. Like that's fun and, you know, and relaxing in many ways to them. Um, but learning how to relax and, and enjoy, like enjoy just the regular moments of life is a challenge for the ruler. And then we have the accumulator. I have, I have a quick question. Anybody here feels like they identify with the archetype of the ruler? Anybody? No? Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. So then we have the accumulator. And the accumulator is the inner banker. And they illuminate respect and appreciation. So the illuminator has a close, close-knit relationship with money that outwardly looks like can be a match made in heaven. Um, and they typically live well under their means. They're highly attentive to managing their money. They love to save just for the sake of saving and they're naturally frugal. The accumulator can often be secretive with money and can quickly ju judge others for their spending or money habits. And inwardly, the accumulator is often driven by fear and can quickly feel at risk of not having enough money despite having plenty of resources. Um, spending even small amounts of money can cause the accumulator to feel stress, anxiety, or guilty. Um, they see it as their personal responsibility to make certain that they take care of themselves financially, and they don't like to trust anyone um, for their financial security. And their challenge is to allow themselves to expand how big they see themselves and what they can accomplish instead of keeping their world like tightly controlled. I have a client who is a, an accumulator. When she did this, it came up that accumulator was top one for her. And she was like, oh, that's not me. And I was like, well, tell me more. And she's like, well, I don't have a lot of money saved. And I, you know, my thing, my finances aren't where I want them to be. And as she was saying it, I was listening to her and I said, this is, this is your challenge with money right now is because by nature, you are an accumulator and because things aren't where you want them to be, that's your struggle because you really love having money saved and you don't right now. And it causes you a lot of stress. And she's like, oh my gosh, yeah, so much where other archetypes could care less if they have it or not. And so as she started to own this personality of the accumulator, like she started to get into like cryptocurrency and start taking all these courses and she's like, like spreadsheets and she's like just owning it now. Like her finances are in such a better place because she started like, yeah, this is who I am. And it makes me feel good when I, when I have these things. And so it's interesting because oftentimes if you take the, the quiz and you're like, I don't think that's really my type, it may be. And it doesn't feel like it because you're not living in alignment with it currently. Like you're living in the shadow side of it instead of the, you know, the light side of it. Any accumulators? Okay. Yeah. So then we have the connector and the connector is the inner relationship creator and they illuminate faith and optimism. The connector's faith that money will always be available to them keeps them mostly free of financial stress because they're the ones that just believe like it's always going to be there. 
Um, the connector has an innocent quality to them that on the positive side allows them to live their life worry-free of money concerns. And the downside to this innocent bliss is that can they, they can be easily taken advantage of and they're often in situations where they just blindly trust the handling of financial details to others or they find themselves in situations where they really um, they rely on someone else to support them. So for the connector, money is simply something they don't think too much about or care to think about too often, as opposed to the accumulator where they're always thinking about their money. Um, and inside the connector can harbor feelings of inadequacy or disappointment. And their ultimate empowerment with money will come easiest when they focus on transforming their personal relationships into financial flow. Because they're all about you know, connecting with people. And so when they can use that ability within themselves to like trans translate that into their relationship with money, then they're, they feel like they're living fully into themselves. And so the connectors, they excel at creating relationships or partnerships that bring new opportunities and businesses and clients to them. And as long as the connector stays focused on being appropriately compensated, plus get more hands-on involved in the financial details of their life, they can create wealth and prosperity, along with a healthy sense of self-respect and self-worth because they're not depending on other people to do it. I feel like a lot of women maybe might fall in this connector category. Anybody feels like this feels right for them? Because this feels right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So then we have the alchemist. They're, they are the inner idealist and they illuminate positive change. The alchemist is fascinating because they have this love-hate relationship with money. They often speak like vehemently against money or against the unfairness that exists in the world where some people have more than others, right? And at the same time, like they want money so that they can create change in the world, right? Um, they're also great at creating ideas that can transform people's lives and transform the world at large. Um, and in business, they're, the alchemist's motivation is usually altruistic in nature, and they are frequently attracted to unconventional or alternative ways of making money. And because of this, they can be powerful champions of others, and the alchemist is amazing at helping others see new possibilities in a fresh light. Um, they can often be impatient, annoyed, or angry because they have to deal with money, because they would much prefer to not, right? And that resentment can be a powerful block to the alchemist, making the impact that they want sometimes hard to come by because they just have like this push-pull kind of relationship with money. Um, they find themselves, because of their duality, they find themselves in situations where they're, they're dependent upon others for money rather than creating their own financial independence, which can begin to have them uh, create, be in that love-hate relationship that I talked about with money. And the challenge for the alchemist is to direct their energy towards monetizing ideas and to find a way of positively connecting with the good that money can do in the world. And this will help the alchemist transform their amazing ideas into financial success that has purpose and personal meaning. And I think that is true for a lot of women in the personal development space, right? That, and social justice spaces, right? They're like so angry at people that, you know, that have money and they want to create change, but they need money to create change. <laughs> and they're like, I don't want to be, because then their story is like, if I have money, then I'm going to be, 
you know, like these other people and therefore I don't want to be like them. So I'm just going to be poor, but I need money to change the world. And so then they just keep, you know, circling, you know, and into this story. So that is the alchemist. Do we have any alchemists? Kind of. Yeah. And we're usually a combination of three of them typically. Um, and then we have, Oh, let me say this before I go on. If you take the quiz and you have a, you have a tie, you like your top two are tied. Um, you want to ask yourself the question of these, which one will help me to create the financial freedom that I want to have? Because we do get to step into them. We can look at, hey, you know what? Let me put on the cape of the ruler right now. Or let me put on the cape of the alchemist, depending on what's needed. Because you'll understand the strengths and the, and the challenges of each of those. And you can choose to step into them. Because we're women. Like, we can choose to be who we want to be. And we just say, okay, I need to, you know, do a little bit of work, right? But I can get there. So then we have the maverick and the maverick is the inner rebel with a cause and they illuminate that risk is essential. They're highly creative with money and they love to turn it into a game that they want to win. So they have both a natural ability to understand and feel comfortable with complex money transactions. They're often looking at how to gain a financial advantage in, in a situation and because of their willingness and comfort level with taking risks, they can find themselves in precarious money situations that sometimes other people like accumulators would shy away from. That Maverick often experiences extreme financial highs and lows, um, but when they're down, they typically don't stay down there long because they know that they're the creator of money. And they typically pay great attention to money and can be excellent at reading contracts and looking for clever ways to turn a situation or opportunity to their advantage. They, excuse me, they are financial thrill seekers and they can often lead a flamboyant lifestyle while at the same time creating a lot of secrecy when it comes to money. Their challenge is their excitement at winning big at the money game um, can often take them to the point of financial difficulties. And for them, creating financial stability will only happen if it's presented as a game to play and the game is one that they want to win. So again, the Maverick is the inner rebel with a cause. I don't hear a ton of women saying that they're Mavericks. It's my, my third. Um, so I know that there are some women <laughs> that have it. I haven't seen a ton. So I'm curious if anybody here resonates with that one. I got, nope. <laughs> so then we have the celebrity and the celebrity is an inner big shot and they illuminate impact and recognition. They're often this charismatic personality that makes them a magnet for attracting amazing people and experiences. And something to keep in mind with the celebrity archetype, especially for women, is that they often have been keeping their star power hidden or under wraps because once they discover what their true nature is, step back because they're gonna take stage in a brilliant way. But this is where that subconscious work to get really, um, to get clear about the fears that like, if I am successful, like for this one shows up big for the celebrity, but once they can clear that out, man, they are super, super powerful. Um, the celebrity loves to create a lot of attention for themselves and others. 
They also deeply appreciate the doors that money can open and they love to turn on the bling. They, they will show you that they have a lot of money by how they present themselves, what they're wearing, their jewelry, what they're driving. Right? Um, they tend to be natural born leaders and their challenge is that while Heather, they just like nice things, right? <laughs> they absolutely do, right? Where the accumulator is like, uh, I'm not spending that kind of money on jewelry. The celebrity's like, put it on my card, sure. <laughs> yep. Um, the challenge for the celebrity is that while they're often amazing at creating money or attracting it into their life, they can default to spending every penny that comes in and sometimes more. Um, so it's not uncommon for a celebrity to have someone in their life who helps foot the bill for their generous lifestyle. And while outwardly, they often appear confident, inwardly, they may be compensating for having felt criticized, ignored, or left out in their younger years. So that's the celebrity. Any celebrities? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So then we have, um, we have two more. We have the nurturer. The nurturer is the inner sponsor. They're the supporter and they illuminate caring and compassion. The nurturer's desire to be of service often inspires them to be selfishly generous. Um, if somebody has a need, they're there to help out even at the expense of their own time, energy, or financial stability. And for this reason, the nurturer can often create enabling relationships and they struggle to create boundaries. When it comes to themselves, nurturers are often careful and frugal with money and they're great. They tend to be great at saving. And this, along with their generous nature, can cause them to default into turning themselves into a bank if someone important to them has a need. And it's not uncommon for nurturers to create debt because of giving money to others or give their time and attention to the needs of others such, uh, to such an extent that their compassionate nature has nothing left to give to their own business or life. The nurturer may outwardly always appear kind and supportive. Inwardly, though, they can harbor anger and resentment because of being taken advantage of and not feeling respect from others and ultimately missing out on creating their own self-respect. So the nurture is like this nurture martyr, right? They're just, they, they give and give and give, but then they step into this role of martyr of like, oh, everybody takes advantage of me, but they haven't created their own boundaries so that that won't happen. And so their challenge is to discover how to create boundaries and to believe that by creating boundaries, they're empowering others in a way that's priceless. And having other people feel really well taken care of or even protective it, like, is really important to the nurturer. Um, and so just noticing that if they're giving up their own needs, that they're intentionally choosing that so that they don't step into the role of a martyr, thinking that it just happens to them. Many women in the, the healing healing fields tend to be to tend to be nurturers. Does anybody connect with that one? Yeah. Yep. Me too. <laughs> me too. So then we have the last one is the romantic. The romantic is the inner humanist, and they enjoy the they illuminate enjoying the pleasures of life. 
The romantic loves to live in the moment. They often spend money on life's enjoyment, such as food and clothes and toys and experiences, right? Anything that creates feelings of gratification and a sensory pleasure. For the romantic, money is not often top of mind, um, or it seems as a distraction. It's like, eh, that's not what life is really about. The thought of not buying something can cause resistance or defiance, right? Which then often ricochets into spending to avoid their fa facing their financial truth. They often spend beyond their means telling themselves, I deserve this. And when a romantic is motivated to save money, it's usually only when there's something very specific that they want to buy. Once the specific amount they need is saved and spent, then they just start that cycle over again. So the romantic typically lives, lives above their means, often tells themselves they're not good with money, and that leads to inwardly feeling helpless and not powerful. And the challenge for the romantic is to avoid creating a feast or famine lifestyle as the wildly different emotions, like I deserve this and then going into debt, right? They don't give them the ultimate of what they want in life, which is pleasure and enjoyment. So any romantics? Hmm. So as I mentioned, we can be a combinations. Typically we're, we're through a combination of three of them. And if, as I mentioned, if you do find yourself in a tie, you can just ask which one of these is going to help me create the financial freedom that I want. Understanding your sacred money archetype, right? Gives you, as I mentioned, the ability to empower your strengths and to consciously handle your challenges so that you're not running your life unconsciously, trying to be someone you're not, or even operating, as I mentioned, from the shadow side, right? Understanding, and you know, just as you understand like who you are, like as, as silly as it sounds, like I have curly hair, for years, I fought my curly hair and was always straightening it and right and like did keratin and all these things. And then I was always like in conflict with myself. And once I was like, okay, you were given curly hair. How about we embrace this? My life changed. And it sounds so silly, but my life changed so much when I embraced my curly hair and I just let my hair be what it is with the help of good products, of course. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Okay. Like, and I felt more aligned and I felt like I could show up more in the world because I wasn't trying to be somebody that I was not, which is somebody with straight hair. Okay? And so when we understand our archetypes, we can, and step into the strengths is so much easier to have a good relationship with money. I said a lot. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, you have given us so much value today. You've, you've really, you've brought it. You've really shared so much and we could continue this conversation. You know, it could, it could really go on because there's a lot here to uncover. Heather, it's been amazing. I swear. I feel like we've known each other forever and truth be told guys just met her today on the call this is wonderful and this is the power of women coming together to intentionally support each other and if you can really understand that we're not alone and we never ever have to go this alone and there's always somebody in our ladies power lunch room who can help us with something that we're going through or that we're needing support with if you can get that then ladies, you are in the right place and a few gentlemen. 
Thank you so much for staying with us and allowing us to really have this conversation to its fullest. And I'll see you guys on the next show. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.